Very good. We're going to jump into the message this morning. We're in week three of our Moving Towards Maturity series. I've been enjoying sharing this with you. This series is really going to take us mainly into November. We're going to be uh, in this till November, and we've been really focusing in on, on growth and moving towards maturity and kind of using the idea of movement to kind of help us in that understanding to kind of keep moving and things like that. I remember that uh, in, in, in dealing with, with people in my life, one of the persons that was very important to me was my grandfather. And in fact, I'm named after him and even my son is named after him. And he, would, he used to work on a farm and at least when I was growing up, he did. And I used to love to go to the farm and he had cattle and about 70 acres and, and he would work and he would do all these things. And my, you know, I don't know if you know this about me, but I really like these kind of old homey kind of homely kind of sayings, you know, that, you know, we kind of have some of them out there actually on kind of our culture stuff. And I just like sayings like that. I know they have a particular word and I can't pronounce it, so I'm not even going to try. But you know what I'm talking about, you know. And one of the things he would always tell me, because he would work very hard and be out with the cows and doing all these sort of things, he would tell me, he said, Aaron, if you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Remember that saying? And I remember that, and that kind of stuck with me, and, and realizing that sometimes when it comes to maturing in Christ, we, we tend to do well in certain areas, we move well, we're understanding, we're growing, but there may be other areas that we've kind of maybe let get a little stagnant, and, and we kind of stop moving them. And when we stop moving, we stop growing, when we stop growing, we start kind of going backwards in some of those areas. And a lot of this idea and these thoughts throughout this whole series is going to be those kind of disciplines and, and things that we can, habits that we can kind of form to kind of get some of those parts of us moving. First week, we kind of laid some groundwork of that. Uh, or, or two weeks ago, last week, we talked about how in a lot of ways we have to feed ourselves. Like if we're going to move, you got to feed yourself. you gotta, you got to fuel yourself. And we do that with God's word and allow that to be the fuel that propels us forward and propels us to that movement. And, and today we're going to look at something a little bit different. But again, this idea of a habit and discipline that God wants us to have as we move towards him and move towards maturity in him. Hebrews 6, 1. One, the first part of that's kind of been our main verse for the series. And it says, therefore, let us move beyond the elementary teachings about Christ and be taken forward to maturity. God wants you to grow. I want you to grow. It's one of those things that I pray about when I pray for you every day. It's something I pray every single day. I never miss a day praying this for you. And that is that you grow in your relationship with Christ. That every day you take a step more and more towards being like him and allowing him to transform who you are from the inside out. And so that's really where this kind of series kind of birthed itself from was that idea and that desire that in our lives we want to be moving towards Christ. We want to be moving towards maturity. We want to be leaving some of those elementary things behind. Not that they're bad, but allow them to be the foundation that we use to continue to grow in our relationship with him. Before we really jump into this morning's message, let's pray. Father, we love you. We do thank you for this morning and this time. And God, as we look at these things together, Father, I pray that you would open our hearts to hear and understand what your Holy Spirit is saying. And so, God, I pray that because of that desire, that my words would cease and your words would begin. Because my words, God, are just not going to do much. But God, your words change hearts, change lives, change situations. They change everything. And so that's what we desire and that's what we need. And so God, as we look at these things together, God, as we begin to unpack some of these ideas, God, I pray that your spirit would just open our hearts and our minds 
to what you desire in each and every one of us today. We love you, excuse me, and we thank you. You're so good, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, well, I don't know about you, but as I have been getting older, uh, I've begun to realize a couple of things about myself. It's always good to kind of learn more about yourself, you know? Like, I don't know if you ever are going to get to a place, at least I don't think I will, where I'm kind of like, I got it all. I got it all figured out about me and how I work and all these sort of things. And, and actually, I kind of realized something about me about four or five months ago. And actually, it was because my wife was somewhat teasing me and making fun of me a little bit, you know, in, in a loving, caring kind of way, of course. And, and she was telling someone about the type of music that I enjoy. Yes, okay, now, now some of you know about me and know about kind of the music I enjoy, and, and here's the thing, like, I kind of like music that most of you would probably not really enjoy. I'm just going to put that out there, um, and, and I, I'm not going to tell you what that music is because some of you already know and, and some of you are already judging me for it, so, but just know that I kind of like a certain type of music that's a little different than kind of the mainstream, if that'll make sense. And, and I was kind of thinking about that, about you know, that, about that time, like, why do I like some of this weird kind of music? Is, is, there, is there something about it that is kind of like a trend that kind of goes through all of the ideas, if that makes sense, you know? And so I started thinking about it, and I kind of started to realize there is something about the music I enjoy that is kind of a common thread throughout it. And here's the deal. It can be instrumental music. It can be vocal music. It can be any type of music. I have just found that I tend to like a certain type of music that has one particular thread that goes through all of it. And simply this, I like music with parts. You go, Aaron, what are you talking about? I like music where there's parts involved where there's harmonies and melodies. And I like music that has certain styles of melodies and harmonies that weave itself together. I like certain types of music that have basically types of instruments that, that play well together. I love going to a symphony orchestra. Why? Not because I'm cultured, because I love to hear all the parts come together and make beautiful music together. If you say, do you want to hear a soloist? Not so much. But if you say you want to hear a quartet, absolutely. Do you want to hear people sing harmonies and melodies together? Yes, I like it when things come together and people play their parts. And because they're playing their certain parts, everything makes beautiful harmony and music together. I remember when I was a kid, I was horrible and still am in art. Not good at art in any way, shape, or form. If you can say, Aaron, would you do me a picture of art, you're going to get a stick person. That is about the level of my art, artistic ability. And so when I got into seventh grade, we had middle school. We didn't have middle school then. We had junior high. So it was seventh grade. You had to choose. You could take art or you could take vocal music. That was an easy decision for me. So I was like, you know, I'm going to take choir. I'm going to be in choir. And, and here's the thing. Here's, here was the thought of a seventh grade, eighth grade boy at the time. I thought, you know what? If I take art, I will fail art. But here was the beautiful part of that. I realized something. In the choir, the, object, or the idea in choir was there was about five or six girls to every boy. And I liked those odds, okay? And so I was very excited about being in the choir. And I remember this was one of the first times in, that I, and I remember singing music in parts. There was a soprano and an alto and, and a tenor and a bass, okay? 
Now remember, this is seventh, eighth grade. I wanted to sing bass. Now, there was a slight problem with me singing bass. I did not have the lower register to sing bass. But I was convinced that I was a bass. And I remember the choir director, you know, breaking us up into parts. And she looking at me, she goes, okay, Aaron, uh, would you over here, you're going to sing tenor. I said, I'm sorry, uh, Mrs. Mrs. Cheney, I'm sorry, I, I don't think you understand. And, and, and just so you know, it, it did sound slightly higher than I'm producing it today, you know. I said, I, I, I think I should sing bass. She goes, um, Aaron, okay, that's, that's fine. Uh, let's, let's see. And so she began to play on the piano. And I began to show her the amazing range of a seventh grade boy. And she said, no, Aaron, you need to sing tenor. I said, no, no, Mrs. Cheney, you don't understand. I am a bass. No, Aaron, you're a tenor. And I tried for several years to leave the tenor area and move into the bass section of the choir. And guess what? I never did. Because here's the thing, as much as I would have loved to fill that part, that was not my part to play. I had a different role to play. I had a different part to play. And here's the thing, as we grow in maturity, one of the things that God wants us to understand is simple. And that is, you have a part to play in your growth, you have a part to play in this church and in this community, you have a part to play in your family, you have a part to play in your school or your work, you have a part to play. And here's the deal, all of us have a part. All of us have a place that God wants us to move in because he has created us for that place and that part. But unfortunately, at times, like I was when I was in that age bracket of seventh grade, I had convinced myself that I had a different part to play. When really, my part was someplace else. And for quite a while, listen, I would really cause some trouble in the choir. Because we get our sheet music. And guess what the sheet music had on it? It had on it every part. It had the sopranos. It had the altos. It had the tenors. It had the basses or baritones at that time. You know, whatever you want to call it. And I would sit there and I would be sitting among the tenors singing the wrong part. Because I was so convinced I was a bass. And you know what happened? I was messing up people all around me because I wasn't playing my right part. You see, sometimes when we think we know better than God in the parts that we play, it doesn't just affect us, it affects those around us. So it's very important. In fact, it's essential that we understand some truths about understanding the parts. Because sometimes we think it only affects me or only affects my small group of people. But in fact, when we begin to try to sing different parts in our hearts and in our lives, it can affect so many things and so many areas of our hearts and life. In fact, there have been times in my own life where I've realized some of the issues that I am dealing with are because I have refused to play the part that God wants me to play or that he has put in my part in that moment. So this morning, I want to look at three essential truths that we need to understand about parts. And then, of course, look a little bit deeper how those help us to mature and move towards maturity. The first truth that we really need to understand about parts is God assigns the parts. You don't assign the parts. I don't assign the parts. 
God assigns the parts. Look at Ephesians 4. We're going to look at uh, several scriptures, some of them a little bit more lengthy this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can jump on those or your phones, but also the the notes will be, and the scriptures will be up on the screen. So we're going to look at some of those scriptures together. Look at Ephesians 4. In Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, Paul writes to the church in Ephesus, and he tells them this. He says, so Christ himself, Christ himself, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blowing here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning of craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, I like the word in this, I like instead here. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, which is Christ. And from him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Did you realize that what Paul is communicating here is, listen, there are parts to be played. Christ puts those parts together. He's the one that's put those ideas together. And as those parts function in the way that God wants them to function, there is support, there is growth, there's all these things that take place. But if one part isn't being played, we suffer. We all suffer. Because instead, what happens, instead of us playing our part, usually what begins to happen is someone else begins to try to pick up the slack of the area that isn't being handled. And when that happens, people get overstretched, they get overworked, they get tired, and in fact, it affects the entire body of Christ. But let's continue. Look at 1 Corinthians 12. Once again, Paul's writing here. He wants us to see some of these ideas. Again, a little bit longer, but stay with me. 1 Corinthians 4, starting with verse 12, verse number 4. He says, there are all kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are all kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives them a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, another. And to some else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It is the one and only Spirit, check this out, who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. He decides. Okay? He is the one, whether it be the, the, the ideas of the things listed in Ephesians or the things here in 1 Corinthians. He is the one who decides these gifts that are given 
out. He is the one that basically says, listen, I need you to play this particular part. I need you to come together and be a part of this group in this area or this thing. And, and, and here's the thing. When that happens, we see growth. Again, we see these ideas that are taking place and help and making a difference. But we have to remember who assigns the parts. And here's the deal. Here's the deal. Like, like as we kind of looked at this series, okay, like, like most of you, you go, okay, listen, first week, get it. You know, like I need to grow. That's important. I need to be moving towards maturity and movement and things like that. Moving things grow. I get it. I'm on board, Aaron. Absolutely. And you know what? Last week, look, look, when it comes to, to reading God's word and letting it fuel me, yep, I get it. I'm, I'm right there. Maybe I've not been perfect in it, but you know what? I'll do better and, and I'm going to continue to work on that area. I totally agree. And here we are in week three and you're going, you know what? I'm cool with week one. I'm cool with week two, but you know you know, this whole idea of like playing my part, like Aaron, you know, I don't know about that. And typically what I found is the reason why people will say those sort of things is because they're going, you know what, I've been hurt. You know, I was playing my part. I was doing that thing. And basically I got hurt. And I get that. And here's the deal. Like you could come to me and probably tell me some of the hurts that you've experienced. And you know what, I, I'm going to be honest, probably they're, they're from pretty serious hurts pretty real hurts. But the thing is, in a lot of ways, the hurts can't keep you from doing what God has called you to do and playing your part. Can I, just, can I just pull back the curtain a little bit? I do this every once in a while. In fact, I probably do it every week in my life. What if I had said, you know what? I've been hurt. So I'm going to go do something else. What if I had said, you know what? Somebody said something mean to me or someone was rude to me or someone lied about me. Because all of those things have happened multiple times. And what if I just said, you know what? I don't want to play my part anymore. How would that affect this church, this community, and our hearts and our lives together? You see, when we decide that the hurt is greater than the part that we have to play, the music doesn't sound quite right. It doesn't fulfill the way it should. It doesn't fill the room like it should. And here's the deal, and I wrote this down so you could get this, because sometimes when, when, I, when you share a message like this, I, I know where people's heads can go, because listen, I've been on the other side here, and I know where my head's gone. But listen, you need to get this. The goal here this morning is not to get you to do something. That's not the goal. Okay, do I hope it happens? Absolutely, but that's not the goal. The goal is to get you to move towards Christ and position you for growth. Do you realize that? That God has a part for you to play, not because God is sitting there going, boy, I really hope Aaron does this because if he doesn't, I'm in trouble. But because he understands that he can use me and help me grow as I play my part and he has the same for you. Like when you get into the part that you are to play and you get into that understanding, God is going to continue to help you grow in that thing and in that talent and in that gifting that God's given you. It's not simply so that you can come and do something for someone else alone. It's so that it can affect not just the body, but you as well and bring strength to you. So yeah, movement's a part of this. And you know what? There's going to be some of you that are going to need to make some changes in your heart and in your life when it comes to this idea. 
But at the same time, it's not just so that you can do something. It's so that you can grow. And some of us have to switch that mindset in our minds. That God is saying, this will bring growth to you. This will make you more like Jesus. And that's the goal, isn't it? To become more and more like him. To not just discover him, but to grow in him. But first, we have to understand, God assigns the parts. Number two, we need to understand that God arranges the parts. Not only does God assign them, not only does God say, these are the parts that I'm going to have people in my kingdom play, but then he begins to arrange them in certain ways. Once again, look at 1 Corinthians 12, starting with verse number 12. This is what it says. It says, the human body is made up of many parts. But the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body and by one spirit. And we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear says, I'm not part of the body because I am not an eye, who would make it any less part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? And look at verse 18. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part where he wants it. He's arranged them. And I love how Paul uses this, this illustration we can all understand about the body and understand this concept that, you know, if we were all ears or all eyes, that we wouldn't have this idea of a completeness and a fullness that God wants us to have. And for some of us, we have to understand that, you know what, as much as we would love to be something different than we are, God has still decided that he's going to arrange us in a certain way and begin to say, you know, I need this person here and I want to put this person here and I'm going to arrange the person there in this area and in this thing to make the greatest impact for my kingdom. And here's the deal. I don't know about you, but listen, there is great comfort in knowing that God is the great arranger. Like, I don't have to arrange the parts. I don't have to arrange my life in a certain way that, that's different than how God has decided to arrange me in his kingdom and in the place that he has placed me. God says, you know what? I'm going to put the parts together. Going back to the idea when I was younger of, of music and things like that, there were times where we would sing stuff and it would say basically, you know, written by so and so forth. And then other times it was maybe something that was written by someone else and it would have these words. It would basically say, it was an abbreviation, but it would say arranged by. Now here's what's great about God. God is the creator of the parts, but he's also the arranger of the parts. He completely understands where each part needs to go to bring forth the type of response that he desires for his kingdom and his glory. Now notice what I said there. I didn't say Aaron's glory or your glory or your kingdom or mine. And sometimes it's easy to forget that when we want to do our own thing and we say, you know what, God, I want to be arranged here. I want to be arranged in this way. And here's the deal. A lot of times, we can get it in our heads, just like a 7th grade Aaron, that's so convinced that he had a different part to play, that really, 
when, 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 when there was something better, there was something different for him. And in some ways, we have to understand who arranges the parts for a purpose and a plan. But here's the deal. I want to give you some, before we move on to three, when it comes to this idea of arranging and assigning, there's some things that you and I need to realize because of this. Like now that we understand and and see that God is the arranger, God is the assigner of these parts, we need to realize some certain things that we need to understand as far as that concept. When we realize that God gives and arranges our parts, three things. Number one, it should help remove the pressure to conform. It should help to remove the pressure to conform. Why? Because God arranges and God assigns you. Okay? Let me give you a perfect example in my life. I don't know if you've noticed this. You probably haven't. I do because it's my job and I think about it, all these sort of things. I remember about 10 years ago. Okay? I don't know if you know this, but there are preaching. Well, you probably do. That's that's a silly thing to say. There, There are obviously preaching styles and there's ways that people communicate the gospel. And here's what I've always told people when I've talked to ministers or young people or whatever when it comes to how they share and how they speak. I've always just said, listen, you need to be you. You need to be you. Because here's what I remember happening about 10, 15 years ago. All of a sudden, all the pastors started sitting down. They had their table, they had their chair, they had their Bible on the table, and they would sit down. Now listen, is there anything wrong with sitting down? Nope, not, not, no way, shape, or form. You know what? Jesus preached sitting down. What I had a problem with was there are certain people and certain guys that I knew were kind of like me who can't sit still very well, but they wanted to sit down because it was the new thing to do, and the new style, and the new way to preach. And I was like, you know what? That's not me. I, 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 I can't sit down very well. Obviously, I cannot sit down very well. And listen, I've done better. Some of you remember before the camera, like I would be over there. I mean, I was all over this place. Like they, I told you, they put me in a box now. I have to be between here and here just to be on the video. But you don't have to conform and try to be something or someone that you're not. Because God has arranged and assigned your specific part And it's okay to be you. It's okay to have your own way of communicating certain things or loving on people. I remember being in college and there was was people that maybe looked a little different from me. And I remember having a conversation with them and realizing that, you know, they were going to have opportunities in ministry that I would never have. Because they had a particular part to play and understood it and realized they didn't have to look like me. They didn't have to speak like me. And that was okay. They didn't have to conform. They could be who God created them to be because he created them for a certain part to play. Number two, it should help us understand there is no point in comparison. Okay? It should help us understand because it is so easy to fall into the trap of comparison. Well, I don't have this gift, and I wish I did have this gift, or my gift isn't as good as this person's gift, or I don't, I don't sing as well, I don't love as well, I don't do this as well. And we get into this, this trap of comparison when instead we should just understand, you know, God has arranged me, God's placed me here. And listen, what I'm not saying, I'm not saying we shouldn't work at getting better at our gifts and in the way that we play our parts. It's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, comparison always leads to problems. 
Okay, because here's what will happen. Either one, you'll compare yourself to somebody else and you'll immediately become, you'll, you'll begin to feel inferior because you don't feel like your part or the part that you're playing is as good or as important or whatever. Or you'll, the other side of that coin is you will think that, you're, that what you're doing is more important or better. And so when you look at it that way, then obviously uh, pride begins to come in and those things happen. And the problem is neither one of those are good. And here's what I found in my life and in the life of everybody else. When you begin to compare yourself and you begin to think you're either better or in fact you think maybe that you're worse when it comes to these ideas and these concepts, when you do that, it will basically immobilize you. It'll keep you from moving because you'll basically look at it and you'll basically say this, like, I'll never be as good. I'll never be able to do it like so-and-so, so I'm just going to stop trying. Or we'll say, man, I've arrived. I am so good at this. Man, I am so awesome in this area. Man, I'm just, I'm just going to cruise now. And I'm just going to allow myself to just everyone to stop and just, just basically be in awe of my amazingness. You know, you know, that's silly, but it happens all the time. When we look at those things and compare ourselves, when you compare yourself to someone else and the part they play, it can immobilize you and keep you from moving. The final one, it should help us to stop criticizing. Hi. You know what I found? And, and I found it in just about every place I've ever been in, in over, say, how long, huh? Over 22 so years of ministry. You know what I found over and over and over and over again? When we're not playing our part, it's very easy to criticize someone who is. It is. When, when, when I stop playing my part, I know in my life, it's really easy to start looking around. Because here's what I found. When I'm playing my part, guess what I'm focused in on? Playing my part. Like, it, it, think, think of it going back to the crazy music I enjoy. If my focus is not on singing my part, and my focus is on basically is this person singing their part, guess what I have done? I've either stopped singing, which is more than likely, or two, I have stopped focusing on my part. So guess who begins to not sound so well as well? Me. And I will tell you right now, one of the easiest ways to go, Aaron, am I playing my part? I'll ask you simply, are you criticizing others that are? Are you basically saying, I could do it better? Or why do they do it this way? Or how could they do it this way? Criticism is something that so easily comes into our heart and our lives. And it comes so much more easily when we're not doing what we have been called to do. Because when we are doing those things, we tend to find that, you know what, we begin to understand maybe why people are doing what they're doing. We decide instead of criticizing them, we'll partner with them to help it make it better. To accomplish what God has for you and for me. To accomplish for his kingdom and to help us grow. Are you criticizing others? Because if you are, there's a good chance you're probably not really understanding the part that God has you to play and that God, that God wants you to play.
So we need to understand those things and allow that application to take place in our hearts and our lives. So once we really understand that God assigns the part, that once again, that God is the one that arranges the part, it comes to number three of the essential truths that we need to understand. We have to accept our part. Now remember, here's the deal, okay? God arranges, God assigns. We don't choose what God arranges and what God assigns. God gets to choose. But in point three, now it is our choice. Now we have to decide if we are going to accept the part that God has given us to play. We don't get the opportunity to go and say, you know, I don't want to do this. And here's the deal, and I've seen it over and over again, where we'll have people that'll say, you know what, I don't care what God says. I don't care what God is leading me to. I am going to do this. And you know what, when that happens, usually disaster will follow. But we have to decide, are we going to accept the part that we are given to play? Let's go back to seventh grade, okay? I remember, I remember the time. Seventh grade, I was a mess. I was like, nope, I'm singing bass. I'm going to do that. I'm going to sing, you know, and of course I couldn't at all. And when the, the stuff would come, I remember, like, they, they set us in different sections. And so I would always make sure that I was at least somewhat close to the bases, you know, all two of them. Who couldn't sing bass either, by the way. Not bitter or anything about it. But anyway, and I remember I finally got to, like, eighth grade. And my voice really still hadn't lowered and all this sort of stuff. And I remember, like, having this moment. And the teacher came up to me and said, Aaron. I said, yeah. I said, uh. Uh, listen, we have a, a Christmas, well, back in the day, a Christmas concert, <laughs> a winter season concert. And uh, listen, I was thinking, I, I would like you to sing this solo. And I was, I was, oh, Mrs. Cheney, you got a bass solo? I'm your man. And she handed it to me, and it was a tenor part. And I had to make a choice in that moment. I had to say, you know what, am I going to accept the part, or am I going to say, you know what, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Well, I sang tenor, and unfortunately, I have not stopped singing tenor, but I accepted it, and here's what I found, and it's silly to say it this way, okay, because it's obviously just my own life. But when I began to accept the part that I was assigned to play, everything changed. I began to grow in that area. I began to find that it was actually easier in that area. I began to realize that when I played my part and my friend who did actually have a lower voice, when he began to play his part, we began to find the music that we were beginning to be able to produce was really something so much better than when we were trying to do things that just didn't fit and didn't play. And here's the thing. The value of an individual part is realized in its ability to work in relationship with other parts. That's where the music begins to work. 
That's where the church begins to function the way God wants it to function and, and begins to make an impact in its, in its life and it's in its community and in, and in the people that walk through its doors. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 19 through, uh, 12, uh, 19 through 22. It says, how strange, how strange a body would be if it only had one part. He says, yes, there are many parts, but only one body. And then listen to what Paul communicates here in verse 21. Some of us really need to hear this this morning. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. Here's the deal. Like, like, we'll use a real simple illustration this morning. There are people that I know right now, I could say hi to them because I know where they're at, and some of them are literally across the ocean that are watching our service right now. Hi, Leo, how are you doing? There are people, in, or, there are people all over this country that are watching this. And you go, well, I'm glad, Aaron, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're, you're doing this. But do you realize I have no idea how to make all that stuff work back there? Like, I don't know how to make the microphone work other than to put batteries in it and turn it on. I don't know how that works. But people in this church have played their part. And because they've played their part, that's going out to people all around the world. Do you get why it's so important that you play your part? You go, well, but, but Aaron, you, you are so much more important. No, I'm not. We all have a part to play. We all are important in God's way. And when we play our part, it works beautifully. But when we don't, when it's just a church full of eyes or a church full of feet, nothing works the way it's supposed to. In fact, there are other translations that kind of translate this, and it literally says it creates a monster. Not a fully working body. The bottom line that you need to understand is I need you and you need me. Do you get that? It's so easy to go, well, this is an important part. It's, it's more visible, and I get that. But you need to understand we need each other. We need to play our parts because when we don't, the entire body can suffer. We need you. We need you to do those things. In 1 Corinthians 12, 27, Paul kind of begins to kind of wrap up a little bit this section of Scripture. And I want you to see this in the Amplified Version. It says this, Now you collectively, collectively, all of us together are Christ's body. Now listen, th this can be big, big C church or little C church. You, make, you get what I'm saying in here? Okay. And individually, you are members of it. And listen to what this idea is. The idea of this is each with his own special purpose and function. You have a special purpose and a special function. And when you will play your part, 
when you will allow God to help you to fulfill that special purpose and function. It can literally change everything. If I brought up four people and I brought up a soprano, an alto, and a tenor, and a bass, and I said, okay, and I handed them sheets of music, and I said, I want you to sing in four-part harmony the way the creator of this music intended. And they began to sing. You would know immediately. You go, I'm not really trained in music. Trust me. You would know immediately if someone decided to sing something different. You would hear it. You would know it. And listen, I'm going to be honest with you. And I'm going to use Big C Church here. And maybe it's sometimes our church as well, so don't, don't misunderstand me. But I think one of the issues that the world has with us is they are hearing the music we are playing. And because we're not all playing the right parts and the parts that God has commanded us and assigned us and arranged for us to sing, they go, you know what? Just something just doesn't sound quite right. I've heard literally hundreds of people in my ministry communicate that concept when it comes to the church and Christians. It's like the music just isn't quite right. And when I begin to dive a little deeper, it usually comes with this concept of people who have stopped being willing to accept the parts that God has arranged and assigned for them to fulfill. They have not fulfilled the purpose and the function that they have been placed into. Listen, this is important. One of the most valuable things you can do to grow in the faith is also one of the most valuable things you can do for the people around you, and it's to play your part. The great thing about this discipline and this habit and understanding it is the fact that not only does this help you grow, but it can make an impact on all the people around you because they're listening to the music. And when the music plays well and the harmonies begin to come and all these things begin to happen, some beautiful things begin to take place. Some gorgeous things begin to happen. Look at Psalm 1611. It says this, You make known to me, you make known to me, speaking of the Lord, the path of life. The path of life. The, the idea of this psalm is, is the idea of this when we begin to understand, when God makes it known to us the way that we're supposed to go, the part that we're supposed to play. Look what happens. It basically, when you make this known, it's in your presence there is a fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures evermore. Our parts can bring forth that fulfillment, can bring forth that pleasure can bring forth those things because in that moment we kind of basically said you know what God I'm not going to go off and try to play my part someplace else I'm going to get in your presence I'm going to be with you and I'm going to hear your call and your desire for my life and I'm going to let that part be played and in his presence and in that fullness of, of knowing that we have been created and assigned this part, there can be this joy and this fulfillment that can come in our hearts, in our lives. Because in some ways we have forgotten that we have a part to play. 
In some ways, we have forgotten that that part can bring us to a deeper place of maturity and also help those around us in their journey. We have forgotten in a lot of ways that God created you on purpose for a purpose. Now, here's the deal. Like, anytime you have this message, I know what people are thinking because I've been there. Okay, Aaron, then what's my purpose? Listen, that's a completely different message. Here's what I can tell you, though. You have a purpose. You have a gifting. And God has given it to you. And some of us need to spend more time allowing God to speak to us on what that part is. Because I believe this with everything in me. God has given you a part. He's given you a gifting. He's given you a place. But for some of us, we have not seeked him to find out what that is. We have done something like this. Well, I'm kind of good here. I'm kind of good there. I don't like this. I don't like this or that. I, I kind of, oh, uh, this must be my gifting. Listen, that is a horrible way to understand what your gifting is. It really is. Because here's the deal. Your gifting may be something totally different that you don't even understand because you've never, quote unquote, once again, moved that muscle. The best way that we come up with understanding those gifts is go to the one who's assigned to them and go to him and say, listen, God, I know. I know that you are the arranger of the parts. I know that you are the signer of the parts. What's my part to play? God, what have you asked me to do? And here's the thing. Sometimes throughout your life, God is going to change your part up a little bit. I was a youth pastor for 15 years. Guess what? That's a slightly different part than being a lead pastor. You go, well, it's similar. Yeah, it's similar, but it's still different. I had to be willing to go back to the Father and go, God... God, is this still the part? Listen, I, I'm getting old. It's hard to keep up with these teenagers. Is this still the part? And you know what? For years, guess what he said? Yep. I said, okay, God. I don't like lock-ins anymore. I can't stay up that late. But I'll make it work. We'll do her. Well, then guess what? One day, one day it was like, okay. God said, I'm, I'm shifting your part. Now, what if I had said, no, 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 no. I have called to be a youth pastor. I Doesn't that sound holy? Spiritual? No, it sounds disobedient. I had to be willing to lay down that part for a different part. Because there was a different song God wanted me to sing. And for some of you, listen, the reason why you're not growing in this, I'm just going to be honest with you. You're grasping a hold of a part that maybe you played at one point in time in your life and God's simply saying, listen, it's time to move you to a different part. It's not to say that you did a horrible job or a bad job playing that part or even that you couldn't play it well today. It's simply saying, you know what, God? I trust that you are a better arranger of the parts than I am. And allowing him to move you in a different part. For some of us, we, we simply go to what we're good at. And sometimes that can be the correct thing. But other times God says, you know what? Listen, if I have you move in this part, you, you feel confident in this part, you're going to take the glory for yourself. And I'm not going to let you do that because it's going to pull you away from me. So I'm going to let you go over here and do something that you never thought you could do and that you really can't without my help. And it helps us grow our faith and helps grow our understanding in him. 
so for some of us, we need to understand that God has something for us to do. Not just to do something, but to help us grow and help those around us grow as well. And here's what happens. Here's, what, here's the beauty of God in so many different ways when it comes to playing your part. Remember I talked about music that I like? Still haven't told you what it is. If you want to know afterwards, let me know, and I'll tell you, and you can think I'm weird. But there's something produced, especially in a certain type of music that I enjoy, because the, 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 the melodies are weird. And it's just a great way to put it. They're weird. And when you begin to play those things, even out on the piano, you begin to pluck out parts separately, I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to think the person plucking out the parts is singing something just totally just wrong. It doesn't sound right at all. In fact, it sounds wrong. But then you add another part to it. And you know what? Alone, that part sounds wrong. It doesn't sound right. The, listen, the only time it sounds right is when all the parts are played together. And then, at times, there's something kind of really cool that happens. What's produced is what's called overtones. Overtones are basically produced because of the music that's been put together, but no one is actually singing or playing that part. It just kind of comes because of the collection of the music that's being sung or played, especially sung. And they're produced kind of out of nowhere. And I remember the very first time I was in high school and we were singing this particular type of music and, and we were all sitting around the, the piano and the, the, the music teacher was playing these, these things and, and, and we were all singing and, and all of a sudden it was just like all of us out of nowhere were just like, what is that? What? Who's singing that part? And what was beautiful about it is it, it all fit. Who's playing the part? And my teacher told me about overtones, and I'd never heard of that before. And we, we, all of us were so excited. Like, oh my goodness, this is the greatest thing ever. And I remember I went home just kind of excited about that. And, and, and it, it, it is sometimes how God works, you know? And I sat down to kind of do my devotion for the day. And, and guess where I was? I was, in, I was in Daniel. And it was the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And the story was where basically they're thrown into the fiery furnace. We all know the story. And in the story, King Nebuchadnezzar, who throws them in, he looks into the fire. And he goes, didn't we throw three guys into the fire? Who's the fourth? And what I found in my life, and what I found when we all play our parts and we all sing the part that we need to sing and play, another part comes alongside us. And when Jesus begins to sing, that's when the best music is produced by the church or by your life. But that comes when we're all fulfilling the part that God has us to play. If you don't sing your part, something is missing. 
And listen, I'm not saying in this illustration that if you don't sing your part, Jesus isn't going to show up. Jesus is, okay? But please understand the illustration, which is when we all sing our parts, when we all do what God has called us to do, and that other Jesus comes and, and, and joins with us, that's when lives are transformed. That's when maturing and all these things begin to really take place in our hearts and in our lives. That's what we need. That's what we desire. So listen, let's close our eyes. Let's spend a few minutes and let's pray. Because again, listen, I, I don't know what your part is. I don't know what God has asked you to do. But I do know and I do believe this, that God will tell you and God will let you know and he won't hang it over you like a carrot. You know what I mean? Like God desperately wants you to play your part. And so he's going to help you see. But listen, here's the deal here. If we ask him, we need to listen. Because he may say something you're not expecting. But remember, he assigns them and he arranges them. Our job is to simply accept the part that he has for us to play. And if we can do that and allow that to happen in our hearts and our lives, listen, you're going to find, with God's help, some beautiful music that's going to begin to play in your home and in your work and in your school and in your church. But first, we have to be willing to play our part and allow that to be something that as we take God's word and let it fuel us and let that propel us, and now we can begin to play our part and, and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, that some, some really great things are going to begin to form and happen in the areas of our lives where our life touches and God desperately wants that. But please, 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 please understand this is not about doing as much as it is growing and moving. Because when we move, we grow. But we need to be growing in areas and places of fulfilling our part. So God, we come to you right now and God, first, it, I, I don't know if there are people here that, that don't know their part. Maybe, maybe they've convinced themselves, oh, I don't have a part to play, or I don't have a gifting, or I don't have something I can do, or, or whatever. And God, if, they, if they've thought that, God, I pray that you would just show them that that's just a lie. Because you have given each of us something. You have given each a gift. You have a plan for each of us and, 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 a, and something to accomplish for your kingdom and your glory. And so, Father, if that's kind of our first hang-up, God, I just pray that you would just destroy that lie to help us to know that, no, 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 Scripture tells us that everyone, you've given a gift to everyone. And God, if we understand that, that we would move into the next thing of God saying, God, what do you have me to do today? What part do you have me to play? God, I, I know I may have played a part differently yesterday or, the, or a year ago or 10 years ago. What area, what thing, what, 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 what part can I play today to join together with the body of Christ to fulfill the role and the, to accomplish, to be the body that you've created us to be? God, show us 
And help us then to grow in that area so that we can in turn affect those around us in that area. Father, let it not just be something that we think we do, but as it's said in your word, let it be something that strengthens us, that helps us grow to maturity in you. God, show us and then give us the courage to step into that area and allow you to use us to join together with the people in our hearts and in our lives to make the music that you've called us to make. We love you. We thank you. You're so good. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So listen, hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful week. There's quite a few things going on. There's prayer this week. There's a ladies' book club. And also, please remember, we did this earlier, but just remember, we do have several individuals in our church family that are not feeling well, that are sick. Um, And I just ask that this week you just be mindful of that, be praying for them, that God would just heal their bodies and just be with them, okay? Because I know that there's some that are really, really dealing with it right now. Um, And God's going to heal them and God's going to do a great work in their lives. But I think it's something important that we need to be praying for as well as a family this week, okay? Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.